0: Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Gabriella Herman. Gabriella has worked with clients such as the New York Times, Wired, Airbnb, and Google, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Gabriella about how she discovered photography, photographing farms on Martha's Vineyard, and also how she approaches marketing her work. I also speak to Gabriella about what she's been working on recently during this pandemic as well as some of her personal projects over the years. Gabriella is someone whose work I discovered on Instagram, so I was interested to hear more about her journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, now welcome on uh, Gabriella Herman. Uh, Gabriella, how are we doing? It's been a crazy year, but how you hanging in there?
1: I'm hanging. I, I'm, I actually am feeling pretty grateful for... Uh... For all that I have right now, during this super challenging time for so many people, you know, health and family.
0: Yeah, yeah, the simple things. Yeah, because I was looking at your Instagram and on your website, and even during this time, it seems like you've been staying busy. Like you, you did a whole thing on I never even heard of this word gleaning, which is <laughs> like a uh, maybe you could explain it. But you did a little photo project on gleaning.
1: Yeah, and so I, I definitely have always. I actually got my start shooting like sort of food and farming stuff um and so I hadn't done farming stuff in a while um and I was out um this summer um out of New York and um was uh you know around farms and uh I reached out to a a local organization that uh helps do like food sustainability projects on the island and um uh, just got tapped into to shooting. Uh, I, I was interested in helping out and shooting anything that they might need and just sort of volunteering my services when I didn't really have that much work. And uh, they told me about this gleaning program, which is actually, it's kind of like going in and harvesting crops that have already been harvested for commercial use, but then sort of like the leftovers or like the overabundant stuff, going in and collecting that mm-hmm. um, and then redistributing that to those in need. Um, so, and it's all like a volunteer-based program. So it's just a great sort of community organization and activity to do together and, and provide and give back. And it was a wonderful opportunity to be able to photograph, you know, farming um in a way that I hadn't in a while. And yeah, it felt good.
0: What is it about like farming and photographing that that kind of attracted your interest? Like you said, you kind of started off doing that.
1: Um so I like started off shooting like people and and a lot of self portraits. And I I never shot food. And then um the way I kind of like got started was uh, one summer was hanging out with my friend who was a chef and a farmer and just kind of like hanging out on his farm to like see what was up. And I brought my camera and I started kind of documenting the stuff that he was doing on the farm. Yeah. And at that time, it was like very much before um, farm to table became a huge thing. And he started doing sort of greenhouse dinners and I would photograph those. And um, over maybe four or five summers, I would just kind of like gather get together with him and photograph when he was doing events or just, cool things were happening on the farm and sort of built up this body of like food and farm work that I never had before. And uh, I kind of like put it all together at the end of, you know, during of, of summers and was like, oh, this is like a cool body of work. And and kind of to me in my head, like shooting food prior to that was like, you know, in a studio with like tools and like yeah, fake yeah. things. And like yeah, the, yeah. like I never thought like I could shoot food the way kind of that I shoot people like naturally. Yeah. Um, and then I had this body of work of food and farming and I, I put together a PDF and just sent it around to friends like not to clients or work people but like somehow someone said to someone 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 you know and then that's what that was like my big break i got an email out of the blue from the photo director of Martha Stewart at the time being like wow. hey we just saw this this pdf and uh we have this assignment for you and it was like that week there and i happened to be in california when i got that email and i literally like changed my flight and like flew to <laughs> maine to do the shoot without any equipment i had like my camera that was it like not even a tripod and it was like a feature story for Martha Stewart and that was like i was hooked
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i, I yeah, those early days first assignments it's just so exciting it's like oh man I'm I'm here I made it like I can do it, <laughs>
1: it <felt> so good <laughs> you guys are
0: gonna pay me to do this
1: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah no, that's awesome yeah because like where did you grow up and like how did you kind of initially pick up a camera
1: uh, I grew up in Boston oh. hmm. are you from Boston as well yeah Boston area
0: Fra- Franklin mass
1: okay yeah I'm from Newton okay not far. Um, yeah, grew up in Boston and, uh, you know, black and white dark room in high school. Um, and then throughout college took classes. I went to liberal arts, I went to Wesleyan and I was a psychology major, um, but always doing photography in the background. Um, and uh, I just like, I actually moved to Brazil after college because my mom is Brazilian. Oh, wow. And I had studied abroad. I had studied, I studied abroad three semesters in college. And uh, I was actually the first person to do that. And then they made a rule that you could only do it oh, two, two semesters. All right. yeah. But, you know, had the travel bug and, uh, and I moved to Brazil after college and kind of got my start professionally there, being an assistant in Sao Paulo.
0: Wow. What's the what's like the photo industry like in Brazil? Is it like is there like a lot of agencies or magazines or like so what kind of- At
1: the time this was 2000 uh, 2003 that I moved there um, and the first two years I, I was I had a regular job. I was just working at a hotel um, and then and then the, and then I decided I kind of wanted to try photography professionally and ended up getting this job with the with the top basically the top photographer in Brazil. The industry at the time was like so small. There was like three old white guys who did everything you know the top celebrity fashion advertising it was like the three of them and i somehow got in with one of them as like the lowliest lowliest like studio bitch number five <laughs> who like i had to like come in at 5 a.m and like open the site you know paint the psych and open the, stu- you know and like untangle the cords and doing all, all that good you know assisting stuff yeah but that was like that was like how i started um there uh yeah and 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 like i said yeah he was you know, shooting all the stuff. So it was my first entry. Like I had studied photography in, in school, um, but it was very much like sort of fine art and academic. And I had never seen sort of like a commercially operating studio and how it works. And so for me, like working for him was this amazing, like lens and view into what it's like to be a working photographer. And so I, I wasn't that good of an assistant then I'm not that technical and and still not that technical but for me like assisting I love just like being able to pick his brain and like watch how he directs talent and like during lunch I would just like sit in his office and like read all his photo books and like kind of absorb that
0: (laughs) yeah I think like early on like at least for you me like you don't realize how many companies like utilize photography because like the same thing when I had started out the only thing I thought about photography was like weddings like school portraits and like maybe like sports illustrated and that was like the extent of like i thought photography was i didn't really there's just so much more to it like you say you know
1: yeah i had no idea about like a what a commercial photographer does you know I magazines a little bit but the whole yeah advertising i I was you know in school we were taught so much like you know it was black and white fine art kind of Mm -hmm.
0: so and i was looking at your website it seems like you even do you you've exhibited a good amount of your work too like at different galleries and stuff and has that kind of always been like an interest for you like is the fine art aspect of it
1: yeah I sort of I mean I, I definitely interested and in kind of started off my career always kind of straddling both and it's funny because me and my, my best friend she we both kind of were in New York coming up together and then I kind of veered sort of commercial advertising rate and she became total fine art and then like at some point like i still love fine art but i'm i don't have like aspirations the way that i used to of like you know making it in the fine art world um but i but i do think that um having your own projects whether it be fine art or documentary just something outside of you know what you're getting paid is is super super important and to you know try to keep that up
0: yeah it's a hard thing to do like we were talking before we started recording our mutual friend jesse burke and he's kind of similar like he still like straddles both worlds which i don't know how he does it yeah, because he does. it's amazing I, yeah there's only so many hours in the day and it's like <laughs> as you know like this like trying to market yourself to editorial and commercial clients it i that's enough hours in the right. day trying to, <laughs> right. try to make that way to figure out because <laughs> it really is like two different worlds but it is interesting to have i guess the perspective of it you know yeah yeah and then I guess like you're in Brazil and you're working there for a few years like did you kind of always have the dream of moving to New York like did you think you needed to move there to like pursue a career in photography
1: yeah I mean I knew I wasn't in Brazil for like the long haul. my so my mom is Brazilian which is why I was there and I grew up speaking Portuguese and and going to Brazil for traveling so I I knew I'd always sort of be back to Brazil for you know family purposes but I knew I wasn't gonna sort of live there for life um and when uh ultimately like the boyfriend that i had broke up with me in sao paulo i was like okay i guess it's time to come home and that had been (laughs) five years of living in sao paulo yeah um so uh when i was thinking about going home like moving back to boston just like was not an option after living in sao paulo which i grew up in the suburbs of boston so like i didn't know anything about city life until i was living in sao paulo and i loved it and you know I, i just like i didn't know how much i loved being in a city and so like Moving back to Boston after São Paulo was like no. Talking yeah, I knew. Yeah, <laughs> New
0: York it's fun, was- yeah, it's always funny to talk to my friends from New York when they come to Boston. It's just like such a slower pace. But to me, like <laughs> I'm like the exact opposite. I, like live up in like, I don't know Antarctica or something. <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's, No, it's- I
1: realized I'm a city person. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's awesome. So when you got to New York, like, what were you kind of doing? Or you kind of did you kind of keep assisting or just try to start doing your own assignments and stuff?
1: sort of threefold. I definitely, um, uh, assisted, uh, you know, definitely to, to make money, I would assist, but I'd say like at that time, uh, shooting like events and weddings, yep. which totally helped me so much, you know, that's great money and like easy to do and, and sustain me for a while. Um, eventually I had, I was able to stop doing that, which I was like grateful for. Yeah, um, wedding, and then, yeah, and then the other would probably just, oh,
0: yeah, weddings is a grind, yeah. but it's really.
1: I actually, I, I still, I, 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 actually do every now and then. I'll do like one a
0: year. Oh maybe. fuck yeah! I'll shoot, <laughs> people like throw their nose up at weddings, man. I, uh, sometimes, like if, as you know, like obviously, it all depends on the people. Like if the people you're photographing, the families are cool. Like I'm sure you've had this. It's someone I
1: know, then.
0: Yeah, I've like stayed friends with some people yeah. that I just shot their wedding. I wasn't friends with them. There was just like a you know they hired me and I did it and I've kept in contact with them over the years. But it's just like a it, it's a, it can be fun um yeah, we'll,
1: i actually i don't mind shooting them it's just i hate having to block out a year in advance who knows when we be doing like a year you know
0: yeah true and then, at, point, <laughs> and then like, at a certain point and then i got a certain point you got to find like i guess i was gonna ask you feel like you need to have like a niche for your work like if you're gonna work in this business i guess yeah yeah
1: um wait Sorry. i was gonna say um oh and then so i was shooting uh, events and weddings assisting and then um definitely also always shooting my own stuff and that's when i was doing a lot more of like the fine art stuff so like getting into competitions and gallery shows and you know person more personal work and yeah. you know selling prints and that kind of stuff
0: yeah do you have you found like and i know i've never really entered many contests i'm always just like too cheap to do it <laughs> have you have you uh, when found I was it starting to be-
1: out, I, I used to yes.
0: been- so benefiting- when i was
1: starting out i definitely now and, and now, I think there's like two that I like. Think maybe I I do, which is the the American photography and and maybe. Well, I mean, PDN and it doesn't even exist anymore. But I was like maybe that one or commarts would be like com- the maybe two that you might know about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in P- the beginning, I definitely I submitted to tons of stuff. I, I you know like like fine art stuff and uh, just and actually one of my other sort of not not like a break or something but like i actually it was amazing thing that happened for my career is i when i was assisting i entered this like photo assistant competition oh interesting and i ended up coming in first place and the prize was um the brand new at the time was like the top of the nikon camera that existed the d3 and so i had actually i had actually um was about to switch to Canon and had already ordered the camera. And then I won this Nikon one, and I was like, well, I guess I'm sticking with Nikon, and I'm still Nikon to this day. Well, yeah, and, and and then, I love Nikon. And,
0: and now you, you <laughs> photographed, you did a campaign for Nikon. I saw on your website when the new Z series camera came out. So I guess uh, Nikon, it was meant to be for you. <laughs>
1: I know I love it and yeah yeah so I've done t- I've done two big shoots with Nikon and um it feels so good to work and for like a client whose product you actually like use and love like yeah. I can't s- state that enough like how <laughs> how awesome it is to be working like you know on set with something that you like genuinely like you know
0: love <laughs> yeah are you are you using the uh, the Nikon mirrorless now is that what you're working with the with the Z one
1: um, not at all. But after that shoot, I was super intrigued, Uh, bought one yet, but I but it has been on my like to do list is to, to get maybe the, the Z7. Um, it, It's just amazing the how the quality kind of is like remains the exact same as the SLR. But like the the lightweight portability of the camera is just like you know unbelievable you can take it like anywhere pop it in anywhere in a pocket and it, it's it's awesome.
0: Yeah I was talking to my friend who's like a co- complete camera nerd and he knows like everything because I'm like the same like you like I'm not like a gearhead by any means but he's just breaking down like mirrorless cameras to me uh last week and he's like yeah man like DSLRs are on the way out everything's just going mirrorless he said the new lenses are better they're smaller yeah. and it's uh yeah, yeah. it's great I, I I like you I, I mess around a little bit but yeah I think that's it's all kind of going that direction going forward, I guess. Um, yeah, I think so, so. So when you're in New York and you're, you know, trying to get your name out there, like, how do you, how are you kind of getting your foot in the door? Because I think that's like the hardest thing for people, like when you're first starting out and you don't know anybody and no one knows your work and like, how, who are kind of some of the first clients you were working with, I guess.
1: Um. Yeah. Like. I mean, I, I think I've said this like in every interview, but like, I always say that the number one, Uh, advice when people ask me of like what they can do to break in whatever like number one thing is be social yeah like that is how you get work that is how you meet people and get known and put your name out there and um, being social like has led to you know it leads to work it leads to connections leads to relationships and that's how you get jobs Um, so that's number one that being said you know you have to have everything else up to date you have to have you know your website be current. You have to, you know, keep up with the social media. I do newsletters. I do print promos. Um, but, but having relationships, uh, uh, you know, will break will help you break through to actually people like sort of receiving those stuff. Or, you know, yeah. someone might not read a newsletter if they've never met you. If you've met them once, you have more chance that they might actually like read your newsletter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's kind of that's kind of the benefit of living in New York City, because there's just such a photo community there. And it's like, yeah, like you said, there's being social amongst like photographers, editors, and your name is kind of eventually it's kind of spreads, I guess.
1: True. I was just thinking. Today, how um, because of COVID and everything like that part of sort of my work is just like moot and, and and how I think that does affect getting new work. You know, you can obviously reach out to people you already know, but I think it's hard in these times to form sort of new relationships with people without being out there and meeting them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you that too. Like, well, how have you been like marketing your work during this time because like you say it's like it's I've been struggling I've been struggling with it too because like you can't do really print promos because no one's working in right. their office. No
1: you one can't, office. <laughs> you can't go
0: show your portfolio portfolio in person. So it's just like yeah it's just like email I guess. But I guess what how have you been trying to keep the train on the tracks during these weird times.
1: Yeah. I mean I mean I think I think uh Instagram has become the number one sort of tool that we have, uh, you know, uh, marketing wise, I I I think even way more so than your website, you know, people are seeing your work on Instagram. Um, So, I mean, it's definitely become for me more of like, yeah, a work thing. So it's like, I have to spend time, right. I'm going to like send out this Instagram and like prepare it. And what am I going to write about it? And, you know, it's, I'm not as casual on my Instagram as I used to be, because I know that now that's like my number one sort of portfolio in essence. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing Instagram. I just sent out a newsletter for the first time in forever um, last week. Usually I try to send one out um, like three times a year ish, depending on how much news I actually have. I'm, I don't have like a schedule where like, you know, this month I'm sending one out. It's like when I have, you know, two or three news items to send out, then then I'll send one out. Um, so I just did that. And I, I hadn't done one just because of Corona and stuff Um this whole year so um it was nice just to like and also just like having to send out a newsletter makes you like get all your stuff in gear so like once you send a newsletter you have to make sure again that your website is up to date that all the new work that you shot is like you know is out there and like the portfolios are all put together and um so it's a good exercise and also and also every time i do newsletter like going through my contacts like yep. i for each newsletter i sort of like not individually email by email but i do sort of change around who I'm sending it to depending on what the content of the newsletter is and make sure it's going to the right people and not going to irrelevant people. Like if it's like if my newsletter happens to have a ton of food stuff in it that one time I'm going to make sure I'm not sending it to someone who that would totally be irrelevant for. So it takes a while to actually like send my newsletter because of like, I'm going through like all the contacts and making sure. <laughs> what do you,
0: what do you use for organizing that? Do you, I know some people use like MailChimp, some people use agency access. How do you kind of organize this, all the.
1: So I, I use this app um, to organize my contacts called um, Contacts Plus. It's, okay. It's just like sort of a, an enhanced address book that like links into my, my Gmail. Um, but I use MailChimp to actually send out my newsletter, except here's my secret, which I will give to you. Here. <laughs> so I have my mailing list of like people I've cumul- accumulated throughout the years. But anyone who I have in my list who's in a hiring position, yeah, I separate that out from my mailing list. So the rest of the people will get the MailChimp, you know, newsletter, and then the people who are in a hiring position. I will um, individually email them from my Gmail. Same. Yeah. As- so that I'm not like changing the content, but I'm emailing it from my Gmail so that um, it has more chance that it lands in their you know primary folder and not in their promotions folder. The way that most MailChimp yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't
0: look like spam yeah. Yeah. I've been using yeah. this thing. See, I see I love talking about this shit because I think it's... I do, too. <laughs> it's like, it's I want to like, know
1: every <laughs> photographer how they do. This.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's really interesting. There's so many different tools to use. I just started using uh, HubSpot. I've talked about it a couple of times over the last few months. Yeah, and it's just like, a, what do you call it, like a CRM. And it, it you can organize all your contacts. You can do emails. But this one, I have... You can do like email blasts, but it, it basically... It, it goes through your gmail but it still tracks it in the service so i can see who, oh, who looked at it and who clicked on stuff and it gives you like all the analytics and stuff like that which uh, yeah i'm like oc i look at my google analytics like every day like who's looking at my website <laughs> where did it come from i'm not even joking <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, Sorry, yeah yeah oh no. i will say
1: that when i when i also send from individuals from gmail if it if it's have a relationship with i generally will also do like a personalized you know one line message you know with their name and some some sort of info aside from what's going on in the newsletter. again just to personalize it because yeah you know, it's more the more that you can do to actually reach someone um you know the better
0: yeah and like you know one thing like looking at your work which is really interesting is that you do like a, a lot of different stuff you do like portraits you do food you do travel um did it kind of take you out while the kind of like find your voice as a photographer and have you ever felt like you needed to like focus, focus just on one area of photography or how do you kind of balance all those different like segments I guess
1: um yeah it's hard it's funny I, I actually um listened recently to your um interview with Winnie and yep. um I feel like I had the same question I think she's kind of shoots a little similarly to me and over a bunch of genres and I and I struggle with it but I think it like for me it was important in the beginning I was sort of known to, like the food farming and mm-hmm. so I got just like tons of work in that genre and that's I, I shot for Martha Stewart for years and yep. you know um I actually joked that my I had like a stick. That was like shooting hot farmers was like my thing. (laughs) So many hot farmer assignments, which I was happy to do. Um, But I was also happy to not be like just doing that. I'm I'm super glad that I've been able, I generally say I shoot um, food, travel, lifestyle, and portraiture. And I'm glad that I'm able to sort of jump between those genres and not be just a food photographer. Um, Because I don't want to be just a food photographer. I want to be shooting a bunch of different things. Yeah. and so it, it is hard sometimes in, in terms of marketing, how to present myself, because again, like we said before, like if it's someone who only hires food people, I don't want to be sending them, you know, travel stuff. But, or, you know, I have to make sure that I'm not like totally missing the mark on what I'm sending to people, but I do want to show that I can do a bunch of things. And I think it has come in handy lately when clients are more and more interested in um, getting libraries,
0: yep.
1: um, library shoots. I love library shoots because that, allows, I mean, generally in a library shoot, you are shooting a little bit of everything. I mean, it depends what the client and the product is or whatever, but, um, you know, they want details and that, and portraits and moments and, and this and that. And that's also, again, why I love shooting travel stuff because travel is a mix of, um, you know, portraiture and food and landscapes and interiors and, and not being bound to just sort of one thing. I love just getting into a space or, you know, doing something and being able to sort of shoot around ever, as much as possible of what's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you it's interesting looking at your work like you obviously do like like you said you started off doing like Martha Stewart and editorial and stuff like that but then you've gone on to do like advertising stuff for like Google and like some other like commercial clients. I was looking at one campaign you did for like a pharmaceutical. I think it was called like Far- Farixa or it's like some pharmaceutical Far Farcia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All those pharma that was they make good, it- <laughs> That
1: was good pharma pharma money. We shot that in Mexico City.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's like like when you start shooting like commercial work do you feel like you needed to start like creating work that would like work commercially or is it do you feel like you just kind of shoot the same way you would for Martha Stewart versus like a commercial client like Google or that pharmaceutical company I guess
1: I I mean I try to always shoot the way that I would shoot for myself yeah um, which does tend to be a little bit more not on the advertising end, but like you know, if you look at the body, my work, it is sort of like vibrant and colorful and and positive and uplifting, which is sort of what advertising imagery is. Yeah. Um. But I. But but I, I try not to put on my site too many of the photos of like cheesy <laughs> advertising yeah, we're, you know yeah. what I mean like like the too overly produced too like you know happy smiley thing but but more like real authentic in the way that I want to shoot it that's still applicable for advertising but might not necessarily be sort of like the images that i choose for a shoot versus what the client chooses from the shoot it's the same shoot but
0: yeah you know. no i get it yeah because sometimes those advertising shoots everything it can start to look like too sterile because like the the clothes are brand new everyone's hair is perfect and it's like yeah it's it's uh it can start to look like yeah like i said it's sterile but when you kind of make the jump from like shooting editorial to start doing commercial was that like a hard jump to make because i found like getting your foot in the door in advertising because like you said they're spending a lot more money there's a lot more involved with it Um, did you have a hard time getting into that world and like how do you kind of approach finding I guess like advertising clients
1: I feel like I'm still sort of breaking into advertising I've definitely had big commercial shoots but it's not a regular thing for me. Like I'm, I'm dying to get the point where, you know, like, you know, once a month I have a big ad shoot. Um, I'm, still, <laughs> I'm super grateful when it comes in, it still boggles my mind that like, you know, to choose a photographer, and ad shoot, there's so many sort of meetings and approvals and, you know, bids that have to come down. And then, like, like they chose me after all that? Like, that, I mean, yeah. they could have chosen anyone. It's just, like, crazy that that even happens. I feel so lucky in that sense. Yeah. Um, but I, I did used to be kind of afraid of advertising just in terms of the scale of, like, the production and all the people on set and, you know, um, all the moving parts. But, um, but then it sort of hit me on one of my whatever sh- shoots a few years ago that like all those people, all that different thing is happening. It's all there to make my photo look better. Like they're yeah. just there to help me. I'm the one in charge and and they're all there as support. And like, once you get into that mind space, it's not as scary. Like they're all like working together collaboratively to make Whatever every final output is like better because of that. Um, so I love, I, now I love huge advertising shoots. and I love having the support. And I'm like, when you have a budget, I'm like, oh, wow, this is like insane what you could be doing with it. <laughs> that being said, I still love shoots where it's just like me and one assistant. Like, yeah. you know, I love to be able to be able to scale up and scale down as needed and be comfortable in both scenarios.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I kind of had that epiphany too. Cause it's like, you, you start to think about it like, man, you you've worked like the last 10 years or whatever you've been doing doing like $500 $1,500 editorial shoots and then it's like yeah you get to the advertising stuff and it's like yeah you have all the resources at your hands generally like assistance and equipment so it's yeah you're right it's, it's you like, know,
1: like having a good assistant <laughs> like a budget for like a good assistant yeah is game changer like it, it just like makes your photo and your job so much easier
0: yeah yeah yeah, I had a shoot last week um, where we were shooting like five different people outdoors and it was because of COVID. They didn't want to photograph anyone, anybody indoors at this location. So we had to do all, everything outdoors outdoors. But it was like the day I was shooting; it was like thirty or forty mile an hour winds, <laughs> and it was like editorial. So there was like no budget for assistance, so it was literally just me. So I just had to like. I, luckily, Ugh. I fig- I figured it out. I brought like ten sandbags for like inside <laughs> the background, but yeah, this editorial. So it, it's but it's good. You, you learn a lot on those editorial shoots, making something out of nothing. You know. Totally.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I, lo- I love. I mean most of my personal projects is just, you know, I don't use an assistant, it's just me showing up to a place and trying to make a good, beautiful image with what is available, you know, showing up into someone's space and never having been there, seen it, or I love that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about one of your projects um, that you ended up publishing a book, it was called The Kids. Um, How did that kind of project come about? And what was kind of your goal with that whole project?
1: Yeah, for me, that, um, that was definitely like the most personal project that I've ever done, maybe who knows. Yeah. Um, but um, it's so it's a project um, that just started me shooting and ultimately ended up being a book. But um, of, of portraits of adult children, so I said they had to be in sort of college or older who grew up with or had at some point a parent come out as um, LGBTQ, um, and and then I did interviews with the subjects usually before the photo shoot, just hearing their story and what and you know. Um, What their childhood was like, and then did portraits of them in a space um, that somehow had some sort of meaning to the story and interview. Um, And I started the project because my mom came out when I was in high school. And for me, it was uh, like uber traumatic, and um, I didn't talk about it or deal with it um, forever. And it wasn't really until I started shooting this project, I think it was in 2011, 10, maybe I started it, that um, that like I could even say the words out loud, my mom is gay, you know, it, and it was through the project that I was able to like start sharing my story and talk about it and meet other people before the project I hit beside my siblings, I had never known a single other person. I was 27 when I started, like I hadn't known a single other person who had a gay parent. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's how, it, that's a little bit of a project and how it started. And, um, and it yeah, it, yeah, I forget. <laughs>
0: No, sorry. I think it froze there. Um, No, it's really interesting. And like, how did you kind of find your subjects? Because it seems like, like you said, I would imagine it being hard to find people that want to maybe be a part of that project. Because like you said, like people, like you you were afraid to talk about it growing up. Like how did you kind of approach your subjects and find them and get them to kind of be a part of your project?
1: It was really hard in the beginning to find subjects, um, especially like sometimes I would meet someone, but they would okay be sharing their story but didn't want to be photographed. Um, I originally met through this uh, organization called Collage, which is the only sort of national nonprofit um, that exists to support kids who have gay parents. And so yeah. they have local chapters. And so I met the person who runs the New York chapter. Um, and that's how I first met subjects. Um, and then as the years went on, um, I shot it over six years, I think. Um, um, it definitely became easier and easier and easier to find subjects, you know, as society was changing honestly. Yeah. And people were getting more and more used to the idea um and open about it. And, you know, oftentimes I just one time I like put it out in my newsletter actually. And um a friend of mine whose girlfriend who I knew and like had vacationed with them and like knew them, like wrote to me and been like, hey, my my mom's gay. And like we had never we'd like hung out multiple times and that had never come up. And like yeah. then saw them email it was it was able to connect and you know she's in the book and um it was, yeah, a mix of just putting the word out there and obviously subjects that I shot, if they knew anyone, you know, I started a whole database also of people who like would reach out to me or if I met someone like in the country. So whenever I was traveling for work, if I ever was in a city, I could go to my database and be like, oh, has anyone, you know, do I have anyone in Chicago to shoot? And um, that's actually how I was able to shoot. A lot of them was sort of tagging on to where I was gonna be somewhere for work um, and then being able to shoot someone in that city.
0: And like, how was the response from the project? Did you did pe- people like pretty happy about it, or like, how, how was the kind of the feedback? I guess. Yeah, I mean,
1: incredible. Um, so halfway through the project, um, I actually ended up publishing a piece in the New York Times, um, in the opinion section that was like, um, an excerpt of or a selection of the images, and then, um, the editor actually asked me to write sort of my story for it, which just never had done at that point, like. I've like talked to my story a couple of times to the people I was interviewing, but I never sort of put into words my story with my mom and everything that happened. Um, And so it was was really cool to be able to sort of sit down and write that out. And then going from a place where I couldn't even say the words out loud, you know, to be able to like basically shout it to the world through the New York Times, like like that felt really amazing. And um, and also like I was super nervous about having my mom read it. Um, just cause we still like hadn't really talked much about everything. And here I was the first time sort of explaining sort of how I felt and what I went through. And um and the the second she stopped before it was published. And of course, like she was so happy and she started sharing it and like that made me feel a lot better. Um, and so just like within my own family also, like I interviewed my siblings and again, my siblings are my closest friends we talk every day we had never talked about this before until I interviewed them and so they were my last interview subjects so I was kind of nervous of interviewing them because we'd never talked about it but through the yeah. book I was you know I had to um, and so that was amazing just to be able to have these conversations that we never had and then um, obviously once it was out in the New York Times and all of a sudden all these people started emailing me and contacting me which was amazing you know wanting to be a part and I was able to through that find a lot more subjects wow. And um, and then and when the book came out um the book came out maybe two or three years after that um it was it was amazing I, I i had like sort of my dream book launch party in new york and um you know it was picked up in all sorts of outlets and, and wow, time awesome. in and out and you know got great press and i feel really really good for having done it it was you know it was very personal It was very hard and um I, I just, it, it was so satisfying to have a project like that, that actually, you know, and also the emails that I would get from subjects um, or, you know, people who, across the globe who like saw the project online somewhere oh it was a cover story in the guardian mm. in um also came out about it and um so i would get emailed across the globe people sh- wanted to share their story with me like i've never told anyone this but you know my mom is gay or you know do you know anyone in this city that you could put me in touch with and just like the outpour of um outpouring of sort of feedback from people finding these stories that they you know I never had seen these stories when I was a kid and I wish I had had like this book basically and so it's so great to be able to give that to you know other generations.
0: No it's pretty amazing this just shows you the power of photography and being able to connect with people because like you know I'm sure a lot of people they, they probably just don't think about it because if you're if you're not living with like a parent who's gay or something it's probably not top top of mind that you you wouldn't think of the stress and stuff that people go through so yeah that's pretty amazing that you're you're able to like connect with so many people and kind of relate with them just through your photography you know
1: yeah I mean through it's like through the the whole experience just like reiterated the power yeah photography how you can actually sort of reach people and and change lives in a way and and that's so powerful
0: yeah and one thing I enjoyed about the project is that I don't know if you did it for everybody but you had some audio recordings of like some of the subjects was that kind of part of the project from the get-go or something that kind of yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I definitely, so I, I interviewed everyone, and um, I mean, it was very non-technical, it was like using my iPhone, <laughs> <That's all you laughs> but need. I knew that, <laughs> yeah, I knew that I wanted, I, I knew I wanted sort of the audio component, and I thought it was super important, especially in this scenario, to have, hear these stories in the subject's own voices in some capacity for the project, and I did have a vision of, like, a website with, like, audio clips, um, so I ended up, yeah, pulling, you know, I think it's, you know, maybe... Th- 30 second audio clip for each person to go along on the website so while you're looking at the photo and like the the, each photo has a sort of caption it says where they grew up and sort of who their parent is but then you could also click on the audio and hear sort of a little bit more about their story and each each story is so unique like not one family had the same sort of scenario every family was different you know composition which is really remarkable
0: yeah no it was really awesome and uh I guess like what was kind of the process of like publishing that book? Cause I'm every photographer has like probably dreams of like publishing a book, but like, what was kind of the process? Like you shoot the project and like, how do you, where you meet with different publishers or what was kind of the process of this kind of putting the actual book together?
1: I definitely headed that direction towards book form. Um, before, before I, I had, before I contacted with the publishers, I, I had shot, um, I think 50 people, um, so I knew, like, I had enough, like, a body of work that I knew that, like, I wanted it to be book form. And um, a couple of publishers reached out. The one that I ended up publishing the book with, um, uh, yeah, they, they like, reached out to me. And they had, like, a totally decent budget. And um, it, it was part of, like, a series of LGBT-focused books that they are releasing one a year. Um and uh it was the, the publisher's new press and uh yeah they they just reached out to me and it was like I mean it was glorious like I you know the, the, it was amazing also it happened they reached out to me um it was right after I had given birth to my first uh child my daughter mm-hmm. um so the fact that I didn't have to go out hustling for book deal that was like amazing but they had so they reached out to me and they said great let's do it they're like so they reached out to me in like august um i had my daughter in june and then they said um you know i had to get all the files in whatever by january and they're like we want you to shoot another 50 more
0: oh wow so then you so i
1: had like literally spent six years shooting like the 50 that i had and then had a newborn at home and had to shoot another 50 from like september to january (laughs) it was like super intense and like yeah it was crazy um i ended up I ended up doing it. I I think some other ones trickled in in like February and March, but like you know, it was like a this huge push to like find people and shoot and um and I was like, yeah, breastfeeding it, but but I didn't. So that I feel like again that was like a super proud accomplishment for having done that
0: no that's incredible and like looking at your work it seems like you you have a lot of different like projects do you is that kind of the way you like to work is it like kind of having a project or a theme do you kind of like working in that kind of like scope I guess
1: yeah so I, I love I love having personal projects and you know I think that they're so important um just like a, an outlet I think it's a just an outlet like for creativity and also just like um for potential clients to see like stuff that you're actually interested in. um and you know to, yeah I, there are like so many reasons why personal projects are important um and the, all my personal projects have like led to greater things or you know to other work um right now but the kids project is the, my last like big project that I've done and um since then I've had I had another child I have two kids right now and so unfortunately like the time to do personal projects is like disappeared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I feel great that I've like have two young child children and I'm still like actively working and have somehow managed to like still travel and like do my shoots however possible. But um, but I'm very strategic with my time now and yeah. and unfortunately like I just haven't had time for for the personal work, which I I feel in in my current sort of career stage I notice like like that I haven't been doing it. You know, I don't feel like I'm like filled i know like stretching my creative muscles because i haven't yeah. had a personal project in a while i did start one that's been going on for the past four years on and off between kids but it was like start stop start stop and then now it's kind of moot because of covid and it's all shooting yeah inside, that's like the hard. i'm like the experience.
0: same way i'm usually the same way i always have like something going but like right now it's like because like i'm basically only shoot portraits so i'm still like I'm like trying to like go to people's houses and shoot right now. Like, I mean, I'm doing my assignments or whatever, but yeah, it's just like a, it's a weird time. Like, I, I guess. Be-
1: yeah. And of course now, like we actually have time because there's like not that much work <laughs> going on. And like, I have the time to potentially do a pr- personal project, but like for my personal projects, I like meeting people, being in their spaces, you know, traveling. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not a still life shooter. I don't really want to be like shooting outside all winter. Like, what am I going to do? I need something to like, yeah. you know, keep me going.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure it out right now. I think I'm going to like, I, I bought, I busted it. Out. I got the Hasselblad Ooh. going again, just yeah. to, like have fun and this, like do something. I don't even know if it'll turn anything into anything, but I think I'm just going to shoot like, you know, I've been living in the same town for like 25 years. I think I'm just going to try to shoot this kind of, this the town. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I just started shooting and let's kind of see where it goes. Cause like, I yeah. I think like that's like my, half the the starting and see where it goes. You know? totally.
1: One of one of my like mentors in Brazil, like i never forget, he said the hardest part of any project is starting it. Yeah, you just got to start it. It might not lead to anything, but it might lead to something else totally different that has like you know, it's just like, it, but it's hard to like just start it. Yeah, I get
0: that. Yeah, and I, one I really enjoyed, you did. Uh, it, it it was an assignment I think for Cosme uh, I can't butcher that. Uh, uh, <laughs> you shot rodeo queens and uh you turned it into a personal project which, which i thought was great you had the assignment but you kind of just kept working on it after i guess
1: yeah that was like the most amazing assignment <laughs> i've ever gotten maybe but yeah it was for cosmo and it was um following along um a rodeo queen um in oregon like leading up to the big national rodeo queen championships in las vegas so it yeah. was like it was like from September to December, like who knew that Cosmo does like long form stories, but um, it was like three trips uh, out, out west to follow. I knew nothing about Rodeo Queens going into this. So that was like so cool to just like dive into this world and like know like so much after coming out of it. Yeah. Um, but but it was, it, it was an incredible opportunity. Um, to just like have the access that we had it was me and the writer like on all the trips and um she was the one who had originally pitched it to Cosmo and here's a here's an example this is one of the examples where um I know how I got this job which is because I sent out a newsletter and in that newsletter I had shot like this like small town fair thing for Martha Stewart this other thing and um when when the editor at Cosmo got my newsletter, they were assigning this story and they saw in that newsletter that had just shot this like, small town fair which the first part of the assignment was shooting this like small town rodeo thing wow. and it was just like it was like one of the very few times where you can get an actual connect from like oh i sent out the newsletter and i got the job and here's the tracing ha- like why it happened yeah that like it felt so good
0: <laughs> i know that's why because all usually it's just so random it's like... never
1: know but like there's like very few instances where i can see and it <laughs> oh it feels so good yeah um yeah but so then the, the cosmo ran ran the piece which was a very like cosmo edit, and it actually kind of cut out most of the writing that mm-hmm. the writer had done, and it was originally her story. And so we just decided to like sort of expand and, and sort of present the body of work in a way that we wanted, which is, you know, a different edit of photos So mine ended incorporating her writing. And so that's how we kind of turned it into a larger project. And then we made a little, I made a little sort of booklet that had like quotes that she had interviewed from her interviews and like my photos and like sent out the booklet as like a promo piece.
0: Yeah. No, it was just so great. I love, I love the, like, Americana-type stuff. They're just, like, all the details and everything. You can't go wrong with it. Um, and it's like, pitching stories, is that, like, something you do a lot of? Have you had any luck kind of doing that over the course of your career at all? Zero. Zero. <laughs> it was just that writer I pitch. Wish, <laughs> I wish
1: I could be one of those people who, like, pitches great stories and gets assigned to do them. Um, I mean, I, I've pitched a, a couple small things or people, but, but not – not formally um but that that is on my like you know wish list is to like learn more how to how to successfully do that
0: i do it a lot like honestly i i (laughs) I, I, like last year because it all varies like some magazines are open to that some just don't care they're doing their own thing which i understand and that's the experience i've had with it some are like yeah throw us as much as you got because like they want ideas some of them right but not so much but I, I in that past year i've actually had a lot of luck doing it. i probably pitched like four or five stories that all ended up getting picked up wow I, yeah it was just, is like, it
1: to editors you already have relationships with or not always out of the blue like,
0: yeah just like no nah, not always like i pitched one to victory journal because i shot this baseball project and they ended up picking that up and they gave me some feedback and then i shot some more and then they ended up publishing it and then um some yeah yeah it's just interesting i'm always interested in hearing how people go about it uh you know looking at your website you've gotten to do some really cool work for condé nest traveler um you've gone to like uh mexico greece brazil canada oman um how do you kind of start working with them and like um how's your kind of experience kind of getting work on all those cool projects i guess
1: yeah they've they were amazing client um so remember when I said, be social. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the editors who I worked with um, for years at Martha Stewart, and I, we had a relationship with, um, she went to Condé Nast Traveler. And so then I started shooting for Condé Nast Traveler. It's like literally as simple as that. And, um, and that was amazing. Yeah, they sent me, they've sent me like all over the globe. Um, I love shooting for them. Um, actually end up shooting also a ton for Condé Nast Traveler China okay which is this whole other market um but that's the ones who sent me to oman and um that was an insane trip um i didn't even i had to like look up on a map like where oman was i did before I this before this
0: interview i had to um, <laughs> i didn't even know where, yeah that's so bad but i didn't know where it was <laughs> um
1: yeah it's like so, it was so incredible i was there for like two weeks um just like literally every part of the country like we're at the beach and the mountains and the desert and the city and and it was incredible. Um, it was just an incredible opportunity
0: were people like open to being photographed in oman or like what was kind of your experience do you know
1: what oman is so like under tapped and undeveloped and non-touristy that like people aren't weren't even aware that they should be like wary of a camera or, or you know what i mean like it was just like so easy and safe to like walk around especially like as a woman with like my camera out i never felt sort of threatened yeah that's what i was gonna ask you
0: being a woman like some of because you read about those countries that like uh, yeah how yeah so it, yeah
1: it, i was it, shocked i think it, yeah it, it was it was incredible <laughs>
0: no, that, yeah the photos are amazing it's just the landscape and everything like when you're working with kind of as traveler like on on projects like that do they kind of give you like a detailed shot list of exactly what they want or they kind of let you kind of go and do your thing or like how do you kind of navigate those so generally
1: on travel shoots um Usually, definitely for Ash Traveler, a writer will have already done sort of the trip and come back home and like write up their notes. They might not have the full story yet, but they'll have sort of notes from it. And so with that, them and the photo editor will come together and give me sort of a shot list of places, you know, basically redoing their trip and the highlights photographically and going to those. And it's always a mix of, you know, yeah, hotels and restaurants and scenic points and markets and um there have been a few times where I've actually gone with the writer, um, which is it's a totally different experience, um, and I, I I like doing both. I obviously, if you get along with the writer, it's a great to have sort of a travel companion who you're you know working on this project together. Um, I did have one time where I was on a shoot where I. I hated the writer and we were it together for like 10 days in France and it was like every meal was brutal I'm like oh yeah yeah it's,
0: and it can be tough like yeah I've had the same experience I mean it's like any job you're gonna some people you get along with some people you don't but it, I think with photography it can get tricky sometimes especially when you're like doing portraiture whereas if the writer is doing the interview at the same time and takes up like the entire hour interviewing the person a lot of times, at least in my experience, the subject, they don't want to give you a more and more time because <laughs> they've like already spent an hour with you guys. Just take the picture and be done with it, you know?
1: Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it is tough. But yeah, you've got to do some cool stuff. And... uh also this is i didn't this is a really cool and you worked on uh beetle bung farm uh you worked on a cookbook for them that i believe won a james beard award if i'm right yeah
1: so it. that was the first project that i was talking to you in the big be- in the beginning the food and farm uh oh, okay, my friend is wow. the farmer yeah yeah um so that uh after like sh- yeah shooting with him for all those years then we actually put a book proposal together and uh and pitched it in and, and and got this book deal and uh turned into the Beetle Bung farm cookbook
0: So it was like a, so it's a farm, but they, I never heard of a farm making a cookbook. So like, was there like, how, how did that work? Cause it's like the farm just grows food.
1: So, so this is, so my friend Chris, um, he, he's like a trained chef, um, and it's his family's farm. And so he would, uh, you know, he would be he that's when he was doing all those greenhouse dinners and like just cooking on the farm like physically like literally like harvesting food and bringing it right there and cooking it like on the spot with like a you know burner and yeah um uh and so he, you know so he he's been in the food industry for years he he worked in Italy and and London and New York and so you know he it's recipes that sort of he had created over the years you know A lot of it would develop while he was on the farm but other stuff and and that's how that came about
0: no it's really cool and like when they're putting the book together were they basically just like using the photos you had already shot or did you guys kind of go back to the drawing board and create like new imagery (laughs) that that was going to go specific to the cookbook
1: so we had like obviously years and years of like material but a lot of that was more sort of um like lifestyle stuff on the farm and and i shot like a ton of like slaughters and you know just harvesting um but once we got the book deal and he had to actually like write physical recipes so once once the book deal happened um then we shot you know actual like plated food shots that of the recipes that were going to be in the book so like the bulk of like the other stuff we you know we already had but then what the recipes that like needed photographs with then we we shot those
0: yeah, that's incredible. You got to work on it. James Beard. And maybe people listening don't know James. James Beard is basically like winning an Oscar <laughs> for the food world. Like getting, even in the atmosphere of that, that's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was also that was a proud accomplishment.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and another project I like that you did, you did this whole series on bloggers, which I think you shot like, uh, like was like 2010 or something. Yeah, that
1: was like that was my first sort of that was my first project where I like, That was the first time I had like a body of work that was a project that wasn't like, hey, look at this cool photo I shot here or like this one photo here. But when I actually like had an idea and like executed it and had like sort of this body of work that cohesive and trying to make a statement with it. Mm -hmm. And through that, like I just I learned so much the power of like, yeah, a body of work, you know, and how how that can reach people. And um. This this was portraits of bloggers being lit all by their computer screens, um, and also because of the nature of who was shooting it, the project did go viral because all the bloggers oh, that, like blogging sharing, about sharing, it. Sharing. I didn't even think about that beforehand, but it worked to my advantage.
0: Should do that for all your projects. I like... <laughs>
1: you know. Now I'm recently obsessed with TikTok, and I'm like, ooh, maybe I should do like TikTok portraits.
0: Yeah, I want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like so many interesting things out there now, like uh, like ASMR, which is like a whole category on youtube like oh yeah I, that's one i've been i want to maybe start working on something like that because i think it was this piece. it's just so interesting there's like millions and millions of people who watch it but it's just it's just so odd <laughs>
1: that, I mean, that's the thing i love about personal projects for me at least it's like a way for me to like reach out to cool interesting people that i yeah. want to like talk to anyways <laughs> yeah you just have
0: a reason be to, like to go hang out with these interesting people and you, yeah. you just learn a lot yeah. um and with you know one thing i was always curious about like Obviously, you do editorial, you do commercial. Um, ha- have you ever uh, worked with a rep or like felt a need? Do you, do you think you need to have a rep nowadays if you want to work commercially or what's your, kind of your opinion?
1: Um, yeah, I so I've had two reps. I currently do not have a rep, but I've, I've had two reps over the years. And I, um, I love having a rep. I love it. Um, not because they ever really like brought me work. Cause I feel like I, I do a lot of that on my own, but I love just like having someone else like on my team. Yeah. You can see I'm like, I'm like, I work from home. Like it's me by myself here. And so like, just to have someone else who like is with you, who you can bounce ideas off of and like, who knows where you're going to be. And um, that component um, is, I, I love, um, I love, you know, what a, what a rep does in that way. Um, I'm like, yeah, right now I don't have one, but I'm.
0: definitely <laughs> Sorry, I froze there for a second. Oh, um, Yeah, no, it's interesting. I was just because everyone's got a different experience. Like you said, you feel like the rep didn't really bring you any work, which is like, I almost feel like everyone I talk to says the same thing. So now I'm just like, I just been thinking more and more like, why would I want a rep? <laughs> because like, I give them. 30- no, so
1: that's that's what I'm saying. Because like, I don't. Care. I mean, I obviously want them to bring me work, but I'm yeah. fully aware that that's you can't expect. Yeah. to Happen, but like they do bring this other value of like just like yeah. you know they do help with all of like the estimates and the billing and the invoices and just like knowing better, things about like usage rates than I do on my own. And so like that experience I think is True. valuable for a rep. And then you know just again it's someone else who's out there like networking on my behalf basically and like that there's so much value in that and and then again just having a relationship with someone else who is like there, wanting you to grow and succeed yeah. like there's benefits uh, in that no
0: you're right it's just another like marketing tool like there's this like email email blast and there's print promos doing books and having the reps it's just, like another arm i guess there's um, so
1: much there's so much things that we should be doing at all times yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> like and, and,
0: and like when you partner with those reps like w- now that you've worked with multiple like what is it going forward that you're going to look for if you're going to partner with someone is it that you want to see that they rep photographers that are similar to your style or is it what is it you're looking for if you're going to partner with someone I guess
1: so currently um I feel like editorial like I'm like, I can get my own work and I know how to do that. Um, but I definitely in my next rep, I want, you know, I want to be getting more of the commercial jobs. Yep. Um, and really like, you know, I don't want them to even touch editorial. Some reps do, some reps don't, like, I definitely would want a rep that, you know, I keep editorial to myself, but like okay. just someone who can like push me in the commercial sphere, um, more so than I could be doing on my own. And the reps definitely have way more sort of full um contacts and mm-hmm. maintain relationships with all of the art buyers and art directors um in a way that you know I don't have so so someone who, who obviously is more connected than I am in that sense
0: and like when you partnered with your reps before was it kind of like a long period of kind of like talking to them for a while or was it just kind of like a quick thing like like you guys decided to partner up or what was kind of this the, the-
1: um uh, my first one was like super quick I forget how it came about but think uh, my uh, assistant I don't know the first one was like great you know and I, and I was with them and it was great it was like a really big agency at the time that was like heavy headers and I was like so couldn't believe that I was like on that roster but like I, I had a great relationship with like my rep and so it worked um, <clears throat> the second one um, I, I was in a position where I definitely um, needed a new rep and wanted one but hadn't I had like this again this was right when I had had my first child and mm-hmm. I was not really a position to be going out like hustling for a rep yeah. and so this one actually came to me during that period and it just like w- timing worked out that it was like great like you're ready to rep me and i like have a newborn let's do it and um and that's how that one came about now i feel like and i i've been meeting with reps a lot i was in the beginning of this year and then COVID, and yeah, yeah, i yeah. and i stopped but yeah. um a lot of them which i think is smart on their end is like they want to have a relationship with you for like a while before just on so whether that's just like being in communication with them for a year or or um you know actually working on projects with them sort of off roster or you know bringing you know jobs to them and helping having them help you bid before actually signing you i think a lot of them you know like going that route because that's a way that they can um get a chance to see work with you a little bit without having to like commit on anything
0: yeah no, it's smart yeah because if you're gonna Sign that dotted line. It's a, uh, you're going to be working with those people very closely. So you want to be able to get along with them and trust them, I guess.
1: Yeah. I am interested like how the model for reps is, or will be changing in like current ch- times. Obviously it is a little bit outdated at this point. Cause so many people it's way easier to get <clears throat> your name out there and your own work through like other channels. Yeah. I think there is value in having rep, but, um, but I do wonder sort of how it's shifting.
0: Yeah, no, I'm always just curious about it. It's because uh, I got another buddy. He does. He was same thing. He was on a big roster for a while. And now he just kind of started working with somebody who only works with him. So they, I don't know how that works, but it's just kind of a different model. It's not like they, his rep doesn't rep like 10 other people. They just kind of have like a partnership if she brings nice. it, mean, yeah, and, yeah, I
1: mean, rep just like, yeah, basically deals with all the business side of your stuff. So if you can have, you know,
0: yeah, someone doing that. <laughs> and uh, I was looking at another thing, I think you shot it for Travel Channel. You went to Sturgis in uh, South Dakota.
1: Oh my uh, god, this summer when they were talking like about the Sturgis being super spread, I'm like, I believe it. Oh, <laughs> right there, they're like, I, just, I just
0: read an article. They, uh, they're like, their state's like having like a thousand new cases a day, like it's they said it's the top five most dangerous states to travel to right oh now. Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. That was like insane. That was like I it mean, it's so cool. I mean, I love being a photographer. I love working and it's just so cool that through my job I'm able to like experience things and go to places and meet people that I would never yeah, even know about her have access to her, anything and so like I never had even heard of Sturgis before having that assignment and then um yeah I was there for, like four days maybe and just like hanging wow. out and shooting everything <laughs> that's happening there it was cool it's like I a gi- it. it's yeah.
0: like a gigantic party pretty much right yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just like not my people
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's pretty wild it's that desk but um but I guess to wrap up I mean you've been doing this photography thing for a while what kind of what kind of keeps you interested and in like, any kind of goals moving forward, I guess, with your work?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I. Okay, I want a new rep for sure. I'd like to get more, you know, more commercial work always. Um, but I, I would like to have, uh, yeah, just start up new, more meaningful personal projects um, just because I've been lagging a little bit. And I think that's really important. Um, and I think it's important to make work. Yeah. Work that I, that I'm like proud of, or like that has a positive message or that work that is like actually helping people. I think that's important. Um, I, you know, obviously there's tons of money in, in the kind of work that's just like a product or happy people smiling. And I'm, I'm okay to do that if that brings money, but I also think it's important to not only do that, but to, to make work that matters.
0: Yeah. It's a bounce one for them one for you one for them yeah. one for you <laughs> well gabriella I'm, I'm glad we connected i really appreciate it it was great talking to you yes yeah, so great. and Thank for you. people listening if they want to check out more of your work where's the best place for them to go
1: uh i mean instagram
0: <laughs> yeah i think your instagram is just uh, at- G- gab right
1: at gab yeah that's
0: yeah. awesome that's just such a good instagram handle it's just easy to remember it's just three <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah,
1: it's so nice when I meet people, and they're like instead of exchanging numbers, I'm like, oh, I'm just at Gab on Instagram. Find me, and it's like,
0: you know. know that. <laughs> That's great. And uh, your website's gabriellaherman.com, but I'll link it and people go check it out. But uh, yeah, thanks so much. So there you have it. That was the Gabriella Herman interview. Uh, just want to thank Gabriella for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a pleasure talking to her about all her work and what she's been working on during this pandemic and personal projects. And uh, yeah, I can't thank her enough. Uh, definitely go check out Gabriella's uh, website at gabriellaherman.com, as well as her Instagram is at Gab. Uh, I'll put the links in the description, uh, but definitely go give her a follow. She's always posting uh, different stuff she's working on. Um, so, yeah, I can't thank her enough. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Um, so if you'd like to go uh, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube page, it would be much appreciated. And as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.